trying to find a race and avoiding self-isolation. That's the topic today. Hello and welcome. Hope you're doing well. Mark Shardlow here today with an Olympic athlete. But just congratulations, first of all, to a couple of the Paratri crew who we've had on the podcast in recent weeks who made the podium, top of the podium in London this weekend, George Peasgood and Claire Cashmore. And best wishes too to Tom Evans, we featured Tom on Thursday, the ultra runner going for a marathon place. Tom collapsed near the end of the London Marathon Trials, had a virus and uh, hopefully is doing much better now. Wishing you well, Tom. Well, today it's the return of former world champion high hurdler Di Green, who's aiming to get to Tokyo. Last time, though, he was battling with injury. So how's it going this month? It's probably started off quite bad. I had a bit of a calf problem and... Uh sort of dragged on for a little while, about three or four weeks in total. But uh, I seem to have turned the corner in the last couple of weeks, which has been nice. I found a new osteopath that I'm now seeing. So yeah, he's, he's been like a breath of fresh air, putting me back together and making me feel less injured than I have felt in the last uh, you know few years, um, realizing that my problems aren't that difficult to solve. So um, yeah, I'm in high spirits at the moment and uh, enjoying being back into running. How frequently do you need to go for a massage or osteopath or physiotherapy? How much time do you spend on the table? So at the moment, I pretty much see somebody once a week. Uh, I see this new osteo, I see him once a week, halfway through the training week. And then I might, going forward, see somebody else for a soft tissue massage. If I was a a lottery-funded athlete, then I would have access to somebody before training and after training, sort of every day as an option. Not that I would ever do that. That's a bit much, but um, I certainly would have probably small inputs on a regular basis. Whereas, um, yeah, being outside the system means you have to be more self-sufficient. You know, it costs a lot of money as well to see these people. So I can't, I can't see somebody every day. That would be ridiculous. And I don't need to see somebody every day either. So you just learn to become more self-sufficient and deal with the problems and understand that, uh, you know, maybe listen to your body a little bit more and adjust things to to fit in with how you're feeling as well. What other things do you miss out on by not being a funded athlete, not being part of the system? So funded athletes pretty much get warm weather training camps paid for. They obviously get a, like a monthly allowance as well to support them so they're not having to work or, or raise funds from elsewhere. And then you do get access to things like nutritionists and psychologists and things like that. I am funded by Welsh Athletics, so it's only a small, small amount. But I would, if I wanted to, have access to those sort of provisions as well. But I'd have to go down to Wales for them or have a sort of virtual call. So the main thing really is, you know, it's, it's support in terms of physio, massage, the support structures which are around you every time you train and that's if you train at a high performance center if you don't then you might not have access to those things i've seen you're still exercising well on the farm there where you're living uh, i love the the jumping on the hay bales that was pretty impressive hey thank you thank you so the reason why that came about even though i have access at the gym in Loughborough, one day a couple of weeks ago i think it was i got notified after using the gym the following day that i'd come into contact with somebody who was presenting symptoms the following day of COVID. As a precaution, then we, well, everybody who was in the gym at the same time was not allowed to train at the indoor center for five days. I could use the outdoor track, but then I didn't have access to the gym. So that meant that I had to sort of get creative again on the farm. And yeah, I was using my hay bales for sort of plyometrics, sort of jumping up and then jumping back down and trying to load the legs to try and get that workload in. But that was only a sort of, you know, five-day window. And then to end off that, I had a had to have a negative test to make sure I could go back to training and yes I was all fine all negative so that was good. How's the feeling been about the COVID thing I mean I 
I had Steph Reed on a couple of weeks ago, and she obviously was affected by various self-isolations at Loughborough following the European indoors. I feel as though some people might have been a little bit guilty of being complacent sort of at the start of this year, sort of maybe January, February time, because when we go to the track, we assume that everybody's, you know, just going to the track and that's pretty much it. You know, my lifestyle is track at home and I don't go anywhere else, maybe the petrol station on the way. And I assume that everyone else is doing the same, but then you hear the odd story and then you think, well, maybe it's not the same. And then once somebody catches it and then you're forced to take five days away, like I just mentioned, then you think, oh, actually, do you know what? Some people aren't maybe being as responsible or perhaps some people are you know, being more exposed to it than I, and I think for whatever reason. And then what happened with the European indoors and the, you know, pretty much a quarter of the team uh, had to self-isolate and eventually caught it from, a, from one person on a flight back. It's increased the sort of awareness of the situation it has the last few weeks. And I've noticed that people, even though we're in the training centre, have been wearing their masks a lot more and perhaps, you know, keeping a greater distance because, you know, there's so many athletes have caught it in the last few weeks. Predominantly, those people went to the indoors, but still, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good reminder, really, that we need to be vigilant and we need to stay on top of it. And it does bring up discussions then surrounding traveling to European destinations to compete, because the fear is, if you're on a flight on the way back with somebody who tests positive, you have to self-isolate for 10 days, no training, no nothing. And for that to happen in the middle of the season is pretty bad. You know, in essence, that's two weeks of no training, really. Um, and if that would happen on two occasions, you're pretty much missing you know, three to four weeks of work. And that's kind of going to be the end of your progression, really, in terms of, you know, maybe qualifying for the Olympics or doing well at the Olympics. You can't afford to take a hit like that. Um, so those are the discussions we're having at the moment. It might be, a, a, you know, very much a domestic uh, summer as such uh, with limited travel. Um, but yeah, we're not really sure how that's going to play out at the moment. That is the challenge. I mean, you mentioned it last time about looking for races, looking for competition. And uh, I suspect that you'd, you'd spend, what, 75% of your time competing overseas in a, a normal sort of start to the season, early summer? Yeah, certainly. Uh, from around the end of April, May, we, we start to go away. You go away on Friday, race the Saturday, back on the Sunday. That's kind of the format short and sweet but yeah at the moment we're thinking right it's maybe too dangerous to go away let's just see how it you know develops later into the summer what's reassuring i guess from in a weird way is that if we're hearing that people are restricted in terms of travel then airplanes might be less full but at the same time there might just not be flights so there is a lot of you know problems we can see happening but yeah in the short term the safest thing for us to do is find competitions in the uk which are slowly appearing on the schedule but competing in the UK in April and May is not the same as being uh, in like 35 degree heat in Madrid or something or wherever you might be. And that does make a big difference to performance then. So you're going to have some interesting choices to make then over the coming weeks. Uh, for me personally, I'd, I'd rather, I think, try to compete in the UK and see how I'm progressing. And then if I do need to get into a faster race or better conditions, then I might look abroad then. But at first, I'll try and get it, get my qualifi- qualification done in the UK. So that stress is off. And then if I need to, I'll travel abroad. If you qualify, that's great. We understand you get the time and you're on the plane. But do you need uh, the sharpness of competition, a better standard of competition as well, ideally before Tokyo? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely say you would. Although saying that the, the standard is, is very high at the moment in terms of getting that automatic qualification. If I was to run that in the UK, 
um, I'd know I'd run at least that or faster anywhere else. And that kind of time is good enough for a uh, roughly a place in the final, given the last few years as major champs. I usually respond well to being in a competitive race, as in uh, my, my performance tends to go up a level. Uh, if anything, I'm not very good when I'm expected to win or when fields aren't that strong. I prefer to get pulled around. So, you know, having exposure to the better races and faster guys is, is certainly something I'd want to do before the Olympics. Well, it's great. I mean, spring is here. It's a, a nicer day today. I'm sure the weather's improving on the farm there and makes the summer feel closer, doesn't it? Certainly does. It's uh, we could, we'd like it to, to turn a little bit more, just because we want to be doing a bit of faster work at the moment. But uh, yeah, we can sort of see it sort of slowly turning, and the extra daylight hour I think will add to that. And, you know, give us that feel good factor, especially, and uh, make it feel like we're closer to summer, which is obviously when we take care of business and start competing. Very good. And we've mentioned before that you are pizza chef for your partner's pizza business, and uh, you had the record night last night. That sounds great. Indeed, hard work for you, though. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's uh, you know, train Friday morning. It's a hard session. And then we had a really busy evening yesterday, uh, which is Friday, which which I love. I hate it when it's a little bit quieter. Um, but because the weather's been turning uh, a bit more, a bit more, uh, a bit brighter, um, certainly more people have been booking in. So, yeah, we, we smashed the number of, uh, you know, number of pizzas in one night record for us, which is great. And, uh, yeah, it was very exciting. And it, three or four hours or whatever it flew by we were super busy excellent and i saw that you've now developed a, a dessert pizza since we last spoke <laughs> was that how's that proving that's a novel one uh, yeah there's, there's a couple of i think there's a couple of them on the menu at the moment or maybe one was a special but uh, yeah one, one of them is has nutella on it with chocolate chips and then some uh, marshmallows on top as well you might think oh i don't know about that but like I wasn't convinced until I tried it. And then when I tried it, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is delicious. Um, so, yeah, we've got some of them on the menu and they, they go down quite well with people. I have to make sure that it's in decent quality. I, I don't like the chocolate to burn either because you know, the oven's like 400, 500 degrees or something. Mm. And uh, yeah, I sprinkle on the marshmallows right at the end just so they sort of puff up and they don't get too burnt. Up. There we go. Skills that we never thought we'd be discussing with you a couple of years ago. Guy, uh, have a good month training and maybe catch up with you once um, once you've competed. Yeah, nice one, Mark. Thanks for the chat. Take it easy. And that's Di Green and more from Di in a few weeks' time. Well, that's it for today. I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>